welcome to the 12th night of my Horror Nights in Christmas special with me, your host, Crystal. So tonight, I will be giving you my honest and horrific Christmas horror opinion on Good Tidings. So Good Tidings was released December 6, 2016 to limited screenings with a running time of 101 minutes. It was directed by Stuart W. Bedford, and it was written by Stu Jopia, Stuart W. Bedford, and Giovanna Gentile. So Rotten Tomatoes actually didn't have a rating for this, but IMDb gave it a 4.0 out of 10. So just a quick synopsis of the movie. A a homeless war veteran uh, with a checkered past must rely on a side of himself once thought buried when he and his companions are targeted on Christmas Day by three vicious sociopaths in Santa suits. So if this is the first time you've heard my voice, hello and welcome. I'm Crystal and this is my Horror Nights in podcast where I talk about anything and everything horror. So usually my podcasts are about 45 minutes to an hour long, but considering this is a Christmas special, it's only about 20 minutes long. So usually I do a very detailed summary of the movie, but because this is a Christmas special, I'm kind of just going to give you a quick rundown of the movie, give you my thoughts, opinions, and anything fun that I found um, about the movie. And also, if you don't, definitely make sure to follow me on Twitter where I post a lot all day. Um, I also love interacting with everybody in the horror family on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me at Us. So this is an indie horror film, which I always appreciate and come to appreciate more considering the amount of indie horror, uh, Christmas horror I've watched the past uh, almost two weeks. (laughs) Um, I like the production. This soundtrack was so dope. Uh, The camera angles were good um, and the actors were good too. I mean, it's not going to be your, you know on par with, you know, more of the mainstream horror, but I did like the actors in this movie. So overall, I thought the the movie was done very well. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, it is uh, Christmas and our characters are having a Christmas party. So the Christmas party is, the setting was a little strange because it was actually in a courthouse. So I guess we can kind of figure out the layout, uh, but at the same time, I'm not really sure why it was in a courthouse. Um, And we also see that obviously the majority of the people that are in this movie are homeless. Um, And one of them being the main character, Sam, who is a homeless war veteran who lost his daughter. Um, We also learn that he... um, possibly probably has PTSD from his time in the military. Um, so we have that. So within a couple of minutes or, you know, a little finding out about this character, um, I had to assume, I, I pretty much assumed right away that he was almost going to play the part of the hero, um, which may or may not have given him more of a will to live, um, considering he did lose his daughter and he obviously is suffering from PTSD from the military. And, um, now he is obviously homeless. So I assumed that whatever role he was going to take in this movie, one being the hero, um, that he was going to basically find his motivation and his, uh, will to live again. 
So I really like the fact that, um, you know, the director and the writers took time to uh, have great character development. So like I said, we have an idea of who and why they're there. Um, and of course, the ones we are rooting for and the ones we're like, eh, if they die, they die. Um, so obviously this movie played at my heartstrings with the character development and also it's an invasion movie. So obviously I'm rooting for them to survive. Um, and as I said, you know, maybe this will help them change their lives for the better. Uh, we also see that the homeless people, they're, um, you know, they're like a family and, um, who have to work together to get away from the psycho Santas. Which brings me in right into the Psycho Santas. Um, so I really liked the, the... The three killers were probably my favorite characters in the whole movie. Their mannerisms, their costumes, and masks uh, were downright creepy. Possibly because they don't really have any lines in the movie. And they're kind of just laughing. Um, and we also have a no MO on these three, uh, which I think is even creepier because we're not really sure why they chose this place, why they chose the victims they did, uh, like why, why this place, uh, why these people who obviously have already had a pretty hard and shitty life, um, the killers also use bats, machetes, and an axe to off their homeless victims, uh, the deception in the beginning was probably, or I'm sorry, <laughs> the decapitation in the beginning was probably my favorite kill. Um, and then when one of the psycho Santas puts the head on the fence and then pats it on the head, which was really funny. I liked that. Um, also, I was laughing when the credits rolled and we see the three psycho Santas. Uh, their names are actually Larry, Curly, and Moe, which are obviously the three stooges. Um, I thought that was pretty funny considering... Um, you know, when you first see the three of them, it looks like there's, they're pretty much the three stooges. So I want to talk about the kills throughout the movie. So we have, uh, a lot of the kills are off screen, which sometimes can carry more weight to them than those that are on screen. But I think there were too many that were off screen. So it kind of was like, oh, well, I just saw somebody actually get killed. So I assume the next one's going to be off screen. And it kind of like would jump back and forth between those. Um, we would only hear the homeless people screaming and the faces of the other homeless people as they would hear their friends scream, which definitely holds a lot of weight. But once you've seen it like, you know, three or four times, then it's like, eh, all right, it's not really so much... Uh, as doesn't hold as much weight as it did in the beginning. Um, there are really cool kills throughout the movie. Like I said, the, the first scene is my favorite, um, where we have uh, the three Psycho Santas decapitate the guy. I thought that was really cool. Um, I did like the scene when the one character takes a pipe and kind of, I assume, like shoves it through the guy's head or, or uh, his eye, and then he pulls it back and he like, has it down by his side and we see like little pieces of, of brain come out, which I thought was really cool. I enjoyed that kill for sure. But I feel like when I started watching the movie, I wanted more character development on the killers. Um, obviously, we see in the beginning that um, we were first introduced to them in hospital gowns and bandages across their faces and their heads. So of course I have to assume that they're escaped mental patients because that's pretty much the cliche norm of these Christmas horror movies so far. Um, it seems like everybody likes to escape out of their mental 
institutions and get some kind of revenge. Um, which brings me into the plot of the film. I mentioned how the Psycho Santas really didn't have a motivation or an MO, but I kind of wanted to know uh, what was behind the reason to kill these people and this place. Why did they pick this place? Uh, was it supposed to be a revenge story or was it more like the purge where they just kill to kill people? Uh, I wish that there had been some kind of correlation between the killers and the homeless people. Um, maybe something with the main character, um, you know, did, did the main character, did the war veteran, you know, I don't know, uh, go crazy one night and kill one of their friends or... Um, you know, was he fighting in a war? Were they, were they on the opposing side? I don't know, just something to kind of tie it all together. And I'm, I, I want to assume that the writers and the directors kind of had an MO for these guys, but just didn't put it in the movie and focused more on the horror and the gore, um, and the killings, which obviously as a horror fan, I can definitely appreciate. But at the same time, I also like to know why. Um, so going back to, you know, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Scream, um, we find out in the end why Billy Loomis was trying to murder Sydney and trying and killed all of her friends. Um, and then it's kind of like that, oh, okay, okay, I get it now kind of moment. Um, because the kills and the deaths in this movie, they, you know, I feel like they played with them a lot and they fucked with them and they did some, obviously, psychological damage. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of just like, well, why are you doing this? And, um, you know, I, I think I wanted more of that. I, I do like, I do like some movies that don't really give you the overall MO, but for this, because the movie started so fast and so quickly and just went right into the, to the killing, I really wanted some kind of MO, some kind of motivation, um, some kind of clarity, whereas it was just a whole bunch of gore that was going on. Um, so we also have the scenes where everyone is locked inside and then they're screaming for help and they're like reaching their hands out. Kind of remind me a little bit of the Walking Dead scene, if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you're Walking Dead fans, um, where they have like, you know, don't open dead inside. That kind of reminded me of that. Um, also just a little, uh, suggestion, watch this movie with the subtitles because sometimes the audio is a little hard to catch what they were talking about just because I feel like sometimes the music was a little bit louder than what the actors were saying. Um, I always watch every single movie, um, on or with subtitles on just because, uh, well, I grew up, my family, I grew up, I'm the oldest of like four kids, so everybody was always talking all the time. The only way to understand a movie is if you put the subtitles on so we could read the movie. Um, so I'm just so used to watching everything with subtitles, um, so it definitely does help, and as I said, I would suggest doing it because sometimes it gets a little bit harder uh, to kind of understand what they were saying. Another thing I wanted to touch on was kind of the repetitive... It seemed like the homeless people would, you know, get their hits in and then they would kind of run away. And then five minutes later, it'd be like the same thing. Like they'd get a hit in onto the one of the 
you know, one out of the three or two out of three or three out of three psycho Santas. And then they would kind of just like throw down their weapon and just like run away. Whereas if it was me in a horror movie, I would 100%, you know, bash the thing's head in until it was completely dead. Because you guys know horror movies, nothing is ever dead until you like decapitate it and rip off his arms and legs and like remove the heart and burn it and then put it on like different sides of the world. (laughs) I think that's the only way to actually kill something in a horror movie. So that part I really wasn't a fan of because I, I was like, all right, like you got him, like keep going. And then they kind of just like drop their weapon and just bounce. And I wanted more of, of that. I wanted, I wanted them to, you know, I wanted them to get them. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to touch on are the booby traps that these three psycho Santas kind of set up, which also goes back to my I wanted more character development. Like, why were they in this mental institution? Have they done this before? Is this something that they'll do again? Um, So that's why, you know, or will someone else or something else follow in its footsteps? Because it seems like they knew the layout of the courthouse pretty well, which, you know, just makes your mind go into like a million things like, was this the courthouse where they all tried together as three, you know, murderers? Um, so is that why they know, um, how this, how the courthouse is laid out or did they just go back to the place that originally sentenced them to this mental institution? Whoever was there, they were just going to kill and it just so happened to be the homeless people. Is that kind of their MO? Um, so yeah, there's just so many unanswered questions that I have because you guys know me. If you listen to my other podcast, you know, I always ask questions about horror movies because I want to know why things happen and, you know, what happened to the characters, things like that. So obviously the ending of this movie, um, left room for more, um, as most horror movies do, uh, the killers are never actually really dead in any kind of horror movie. Um, so I guess that's going to be it for this evening's podcast, uh, my opinion on good tidings. Now, do I suggest you watch this movie? Yeah. Um, I don't think that I would ever say don't watch this movie to anyone. I have listened to other podcasts and watched a couple movie review YouTubers kind of say like, oh, this movie sucks. Don't watch it. Um, but I don't really like when people do that because everybody has their own opinion of horror movies. I think that every single movie that I have uh, done thus far uh, with this podcast, um, I think that any horror movie um, fan should watch any of them because you have to kind of come up with your own opinion. Overall, the movie was good. It wasn't my favorite, but um, I thought the the plot was good. I, I liked the characters in it, I obviously loved the killers the best, um, as I mentioned. Um, it definitely reminded me a little bit of All Through the House, um, with the same kind of killer instinct and um, movements that uh, All Through the House had, uh, especially the mask, a little, the masks did too. Um, I definitely feel like uh, the killer Santa from All Through the House could have been paired in right with these guys. Obviously, All Through the House was explained a little bit better at the end than this one. There was an MO for him. Um, so, yes, overall, I liked the movie. Um, go check it out. Um, I 
definitely will. I think I want to watch it again just because I was trying to get through it for the sake of the podcast. Um, but, and I also have been watching, you know, 12 horror Christmas, Christmas horror movies in a row. So they're kind of all mushed together now, but that's why we take notes throughout the movie. So I can make sure that I'm getting my, my people and my plot and my murders and my kills. All right. Um, so, guys, I think that's going to be it for uh, this evening's podcast on Good Tidings. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've stuck around this far, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. So, tomorrow, which is December 24th, Christmas Eve, I will not be doing a movie, but I'm kind of going to do a wrap-up conclusion finale. Um, kind of be like my Christmas horror award show podcast. I'll be um, going over my favorite movies, and there's going to be a lot of uh, categories and subcategories within that too. So kind of just like a wrap up of my 12 days of horror nights in Christmas special. So as I mentioned earlier, please guys go follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at horror daddies RS. I'm super active over there. I love interacting with all of you guys and the horror family, actors, directors, writers, all the above. And if you guys have a couple seconds, please head over to iTunes to rate me. Hopefully if I'm on a five, um, I am over there at the same name, Horror Nights in Podcast. Um, and yeah, if you guys want to leave a comment, you can. If not, I get it. Just, you know, rate me five stars or whatever stars you think I should I should have or whatever I deserve. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye. Merry Christmas.